2: I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2,
3: 1. On our latest episode, Josh Peterson and I are pondering the future of movie art form as the fight over creative control between studio and director gets even more heated. Will the original Xbox backwards compatibility be something gamers care about? And what titles do we actually want? Josh shares his thoughts on the winners and losers on the NHL draft. And we also ask if Baby Driver can end up being the surprise hit of the movie year. Plus, we also have a clip from the latest Topacocalypse and another hit song from Plasma Z it's another pop culture battle royale of podcasting greatness we have for you today as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos welcome to the pop culture cosmos And we're back for the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Joe Glass from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And I'm here along with my good friend, the host with the most, the man and myth, the legend behind Humana Comedia, and also as well the fantastical writer for the upcoming novel. Congratulations, you suck! It's Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend?
4: Good, good, man. Apparently today is the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And if you go on Facebook and you put in the names of the uh, houses from Harry Potter and you click on them, your screen erupts into a bunch of magic. And I'm clicking on things and it is mesmerizing.
3: Then again, you know, you could just watch Freeform all day long because it is the home of Harry Potter. And that's the only thing that they play on the channel.
4: This is true, but hey, you gotta give it like props to JK Rowling because she really did create something that just you know, it 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 lasted like this is like Harry Potter is gonna be like a younger generation's Star Wars.
3: I think you're right. In many ways, a lot of people do connect with the Harry Potter theme and the Harry Potter stories, and it is something that is going to last more than just this generation, but beyond I can see this going on for for you know uh, at least past the century. So definitely, uh, people will be able to connect to this story, indeed, and and just the magical world of the whole Harry Potter universe. So, congratulations on that anniversary as well. But I want to know what's going on with the wonderful world of humanic media.
4: That's just business as usual. Uh, we've kind of fell behind schedule with what about this. We are, um, you know, some big news coming on that. There's a little something we have in the works, but, um, yeah, this, this week we, we do have plans to record an episode that we we're supposed to do it this weekend it didn't quite work out. Um, and then the, the super BS is returning with a, we have a sit in for Eric, uh, who is actually doing, doing better.
3: That's probably the best news I will hear all day. So that that's fantastic.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So they don't know how long he's going to be in the hospital, but he's, uh, he's
3: alive.
4: They, uh, he's got all of his limbs, you know, things are about as
3: good as they can be. Fair enough indeed. Well, our thoughts again from pop culture, cosmos and game source and the Comedia go out to Eric for, for everything that he's gone through and, and continued hopeful success for, for great and, and improving health. Indeed. topic Topicocalypse will be played in this hour. On a roll with saying that that name of the yours as far as that podcast is concerned, but the roll just ended right there. So it was close. It was close. It, it was close. But topic apocalypse, topic apocalypse will there actually be on, uh, as far as the clip from it. And then what about this? Hopefully, we'll be uh, out and about in the wild uh, sometime this week as well. So a lot of great things from Humanity Media coming up, including this summer. Congratulations! You suck. Is that correct? Correct.
4: Uh, it's probably going to be August. Uh, that's uh, that's what I'm shooting for. So yeah, you can check out a trailer for it now on YouTube and Facebook and all that. That's,
3: that's what I wanted to say, because if anybody out there has not caught wind of this great trailer previewing his outstanding upcoming book, congratulations, you suck. You got to see it because it is hilarious indeed.
4: Yes, yes. Please check it out. You can check it out on Humanic Media's Facebook and on Humanic Media youtube that i'm planning on making a couple more trailers before uh the drop day gets here so you know, just stay tuned
3: stay tuned indeed for that and there's going to be a lot of other great things coming down to pike from humanican media also as well pop culture cosmos game source and hopefully as well one of our returning favorites inside sports as well so um i just wanted to make sure everybody knows out there we truly appreciate again you listening to the number one show four months in a row on the podcast radio network we are here every monday night 10:30 p.m eastern 7:30 p.m pacific right here on the podcast radio network and also as well our friday show the pcc multiverse 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific also on the podcast radio network so we got a great show lined up for you today including talk like i said of of josh's thoughts on the nhl draft plus also as well why we think Baby Driver could be the big surprise hit of the movie year, but first I want to ask you, Josh, are you familiar with the latest news in Hollywood in regards to, you know, what we talked about previously with, you know, what's going on with Han Solo, but a bigger problem in regards to creative control in Hollywood between the directors and also the products that they end up making and who has the final say, and more importantly, who has the final cut.
4: I don't know like I'm kinda on on the fence about it. I actually I, I don't like the idea of studios having final cut I like directors having final cut because studios they kind of like the DC you uh, DC film universe kind of proved that they kind of suck the soul out of everything like they want they want to make money they want explosions they want uh, you know they want people big fight scenes out this big these big elaborate set pieces but you know the, the the motivations are different. Say you have your director, and the director is it's it's all it's a passion project for him. He wants to, he, he's gonna. It's his art. It's how he communicates his art, his thoughts, his stories. Um, then you have the the whatever the studios who just want you know this is gonna make money. This is gonna make money. It's so formulaic, and because of that, there is really a lack of originality. And I think that's a lot of the stuff that's plagued movies like Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, uh, Batman or Superman and all these big budget flicks. And it's, it's tough. I know Warner brothers still gives uh, Chris Nolan final cut privileges, but it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. There's, there's not a lot of, uh, heart in movies where the, you give, if you give the studios too much control over it, it's just, it's not going to come out that the way that we, we hope or want it to.
3: I know you heard the news about, uh, you know, the recent takeover as CEO of Warner Brothers, Tony Emmerich, who's best known for his time with the New Line Company and, and, you know, all the films that they created there. He is really behind the, I guess, the movement for the studio having the final cut uh, as far as on uh, not just, you know, one or two selected films but across the board so that it creates quite a an issue for directors who have long been established in the industry and also have you know had their way with final cut Uh, as an artur or as an artist I think there is some issue with with you know not getting that final cut not getting that final say on how they want their product to come out I mean uh, I haven't been part of the movie industry in quite some time. I, I can tell you that my days in there, it was very demanding that that what the producers and directors uh, and, and what the basic artists want out of their product and want as far as where the direction would go, whether it was good or bad, you, at least they had the say on where it was going. And it seems like with the studios, are, are heading away from that direction. At least Warner Brothers in the future, especially with the DC Universe, might be heading in that direction where the studio has more and more control of the actual product. Now, mind you, they're putting up a lot of the funding that's involved. So if you're putting up you know, 150, 200 million, 300 million with production and also advertising and marketing costs. It's, it's hard to say, well, they shouldn't have control because they're putting up the money for it, but they, it, when they sign these directors, they need to have faith that the director is going to put out a product that people and audiences are going to end up uh, really being in love with. I don't think any studio could have reshaped two of the worst movies that I picked last year, Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad, and made it much better than than the trash that it was, although many others share that opinion as well. So that does just, I don't think they could have saved films from being that bad, but uh, just still the the director not having the freedom to go ahead and, and having that final say is quite troubling to me as well. But to a lot of younger directors, or maybe directors that want that big break to work on that blockbuster, maybe they're not going to be so. They're not going to be so divisive against it. Maybe they're going to go ahead and say, "Hey, you know what? I'll just take the job for now, and I'll take the cash along with it, and then maybe I can go ahead and and maybe uh, have my final say on another project of mine later down the road." Right, but we,
4: we've already passed that point where writers are getting credit for the work. Writers, it used to be like a film written by so-and-so, uh, the creator of whatever that other movie was, and we don't do that anymore. So then we reached a point where directors started getting all the credit. But now, if you notice, when they advertise films, the directors no longer... The, some of the directors do get credit for their big names, like Spielberg, Chris Nolan, uh, uh, David Fincher, whatever. But it's like if you have um nowadays it's from the producers of this movie the producers of that movie so it's like the it's all we're already reaching a point where the directors are having less and less control and like you said like if the the younger directors get out there and they want the money it's it's uh it's that's already taken the heart out
3: let's say ghost toasters is the indie hit of the universe and uh really just packs them in as far as gets those youtube Uh, numbers going and spiraling in the tens and hundreds of millions which i hope it does by the way but anyways uh uh, and and let's say warner brothers comes to you and say hey i want you to go to direct the next cyborg aquaman or flash movie coming up what are you going to say but if they say okay but we want final cut privileges so what are you going to say? Are you going? You are you going to take up that challenge? And even though you will not have the final say on on how the picture will ultimately end up being.
4: Yeah, see that's that's tough. I mean, because you have you want to get your name out there, and it, well, you have to look at it this way: how much with a film like that? How much control are you actually going to be getting? You're, you know, you're gonna direct it, but are you actually directing it? And that's that's kind of, I guess, the question that you have to ask yourself: Is it gonna be, are you gonna have, like helicopter producers over your shoulder, or is it gonna be something that you actually get to put your voice into? And while, you know, we all love to watch superhero movies, as someone who directs things, like I don't think I would want to, if I didn't get to put my own personality into a film, I wouldn't want anything to do with it. Like I, I guess I understand where Marvel coming from because everything is so tightly knit together and dc has yet to do that successfully but you know you have the edgar wright situation where he likes to put his own his own spin on it and most recently the star wars directors being taken away from yeah the
3: hot that. that's what i wanted to elaborate even further yeah. because you know as we explained on last week's uh pcc multiverse the directors you know who are known f- from the lego movie they were removed or they they decided to break up as far as with Lucasfilm over creative differences. And I think uh, with Disney and Lucasfilm, I think where it comes down to is maybe they didn't like the way and direction it was going and and they wanted to have the final say on where it was going and maybe the interpretation between director and studio or in this case, directors and studio was that that direction was getting far and far apart. Right. So it, it's just,
4: I, I don't know, like, I honestly don't know where I stand on this issue. I don't like the idea of, I think this is why Kevin Smith kind of like when he left the Weinsteins, he kind of went off and did his own thing. But that's an example where it didn't always work out. But I do commend him for saying, hey, this is my movie and I'm going to make it the way that I want to. So he has that freedom to
3: do that. But has he achieved any level of success in recent times in, well, as far as his movies are concerned?
4: I don't. I mean, I don't know about his movies. They've become cult hits. I mean, if he got Johnny Depp to be in something, he must. I mean, actually, that's probably a bad example. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he's directed episodes of The Flash, Supergirl, Arrow. I mean, he's he's doing something right. And he's well. He's, I mean,
3: not far as that realm. I'm talking about his movies as of late, since he decided to leave the the Weinstein's. See, the problem is the
4: Weinsteins, they own a lot of those big properties. Like, that's why we haven't seen Clerks 3 or Mall Rats or anything, or, you know, Mall Rats 2, whatever those movies are supposed to come out. We haven't, we, we just, we don't see them. We don't see more Jane Silent. So I know he's working on a Jane Silent Bob movie, that, but that's because he actually owns those characters. So it, it's tough. See, if you were if you were to start out making, like, say, Ghost Toasters was picked up by Warner Brothers. And then I ended up leaving Warner Brothers, even though I had a contract with them. I wouldn't be able to make any more Ghost docers. So it's it's all about control. It's control and...
3: Warner this. Brothers. I think that's Warner Brothers right outside your door.
4: Yeah, here they are. Here they come. But yeah, it's... I don't know. I feel like it sucks all... Basically, if we round out the topic, it, it sucks all of the art out of it. And that's why I think original blockbusters are you know, we need those.
3: What are your thoughts out there everyone on the, well, I guess it's happened in Hollywood for many years, but it seems to be an even a more glorifying issue now that the budgets for some of these blockbusters are going through the roof and the creative control and the battle for creative control seems to be getting even more towards the forefront as far as the industry concerned. And also as well to these projects that some of them, which you know, you and I as a fan of the movies really have come to love or want to go ahead and really excited for, like for instance, the Han Solo movie. What are your thoughts on this battle going on in Hollywood? Well, share us your thoughts. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanic Media, Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well. When we come back, we're going to have a a little bit more on the Xbox backwards compatibility issue as far as original Xbox is being now put back front and center in the world of gaming, and we're going to share our thoughts whether or not that might be a good thing or a thing we don't really care about. We're going to share our thoughts on that here in a minute. But first, got a great song from Plasma Z, and this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. dust walker by plasma z check out all of his great tracks today on soundcloud
0: hey this is chad from ghost toasters
4: and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast
3: hey everyone if you're in the southern california area and are looking for the best way to improve your home look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly or that putting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways, so if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today, 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814 or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach and get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanikin Media, and the PCC Multiverse channels and we're back with the pop culture cosmos my name is gerald Glasford from pop culture cosmos and game source we truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today if for some reason you, you you just can't get a hold of podcast radio network at the time that you want to to catch our shows that's no problem you can always download our shows at any point in time the pcc multiverse and the pop culture cosmos on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. And you can do that on a numerous array of broadcasting, downloading, and also streaming channels, including iTunes, Stitcher, Player.fm, TuneIn, Mixcloud, Podcast.com. The ESO Network, the Tangible Network, the Gunna Geek Network, Ace Podcast Network, Overcast.fm, so many out there that, that we truly appreciate, you know, that we being part of all those different ways that you can get it. And if you do download our shows or stream our shows in any form or fashion on any one of those networks I just named, we try very hard to add an additional podcast or extended clips from one of the shows from Humanity Media. Rob McKenna Films, Game Source could be Wine Woman and Words, could be any numerous array of shows that we add on on each and every show. So we truly appreciate you listening, and we throw a bonus in there for you if you decide to download or stream the show. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you, Josh. You know, we were down there at E3 for all the happenings and whatnot and all the great stuff that's going on for gamers. But did you get that little announcement that Microsoft made during its press conference in regards to original Xbox now being, well, in the near future, now becoming part of its Xbox One backwards compatibility program?
4: Yeah, I heard about it. While I'm I'm looking forward to playing a lot of these games that I haven't been able to play in a long time.: Well, because I know you've been able to purchase some of these games digitally, but like I'm kind of conf- on the fence about this. I like having the option of backwards compatibility, but I don't know how often I'm going to be like, "Oh hey, I want to go back and play this game."
3: And that's the thing that you know Sony PlayStation has con- said continuously in regards to being asked when if they were going to develop something similar to what you know Xbox is doing. And they said, well, it's something that a lot of people ask about, but ultimately don't end up really using a lot of. And Xbox has tried to say otherwise with its Xbox One to Xbox 360 backwards uh, compatibility program. I don't know. I like having that feature myself. And I actually have purchased a couple titles since they become available on the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility program so and i'm looking forward to even grabbing a couple of old original xbox titles as well so but is it something that that a lot of gamers really want to use I, uh, i don't know i don't know you're gonna to have to you know enlighten me to see if it's something that that you as a younger gamer would are really interested as well it's, it's all
4: hype I, I like yes people are interested in going back and playing some of this t- the titles that they have but i mean a lot of them if they haven't been remastered, you can purchase them digitally already. Anyways, it's they. I guess people just want the option of going and putting their old discs inside their Xbox. But I on like I have, I have Halo and Halo Two. But those are the only like original Xbox games that I still own. So the rest of them are 360 or uh, I, I purchased digitally. So I don't know how much utilization I'll get out of it, but.
3: What are some uh, of the titles that you would be interested in rebuying? Because you know it's they're Xbox. Whether you go get it at a place like Retro City Games, GameStop, um, eBay, what have you, they're relatively inexpensive to get. So, so what? What are some of the titles you may be interested in revisiting?
4: See, that's the thing. There's not a lot I really would be interested in going back and playing. I would like uh, like Armed and Dangerous and uh, Prod. Uh, Project Gotham Racing, I think the original was on Xbox One. and That was pretty fun, but other than that, there's not a lot that I would go that I'm I'm so into that I'd go back and play it uh, again. Uh, there's there's a lot of Xbox 360 games that I, you know, enjoy playing. But to me, it's uh, it's just like I said, the gamers like to have the option of doing it, and but we, they don't actually know how. Like, it's like we were talking about with the Sega on this on the cell phones, like the Sega games. It's like. It's nice to have those games, but how often are we actually going to sit there and play them?
3: Exactly, like we were talking about last week on a PCC multiverse. You can check out that conversation there. But uh, I couldn't agree with you more on that because it's, it's going to be something that I would like. I would like to buy 13 again, um, Roman numeral XIII. 13, that was to me a great experience. I remember fondly on the original Xbox. Also, as well, I'd love to try out Kotor. Uh, I know it's available on certain mobile devices, but uh, I don't want to play a game like Kotor on my mobile device. I want to actually play it back on the on a console. So, definitely thinking about getting that if it should become available. And then some other you know titles as well that that take me back to that era that I, that I really looked forward to playing and whatnot because. I remember that beast I used to have but uh, I used to I used to have two different Xboxes and it was really kind of fun uh, you know while I spent the time it but you're right like you I played a lot of Halo on the original Xbox and that's what happens when one series of games is so well known and so well attached to a certain console okay well I played Halo and I didn't play a lot else at times so Do I really need it? Like you said, you have Halo and you have Halo 2. I still have, uh, you know, uh, same thing right there, but I also have the Halo, the Master Chief collection. So there's a few selected titles which will definitely interest me should they pop up that I will go ahead and get, but it's gonna be a selected few indeed. Tell us your thoughts on if you're interested at all in the Xbox, backwards compatibility program for the Xbox One, the Xbox One S and the new Xbox One X. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And also let us know what titles that you're interested in hoping they'll bring back and bring back alive to the Xbox backwards compatibility program. And also you can DM us those thoughts as well on Humanican Media, Cosmos. And game source on Twitter as well. When we come back, we're gonna play a little clip from this man right here, Josh Peterson's awesome show, Topic Taco Apocalypse. Taco
4: Apocalypse.
3: Taco Apocalypse. No, that's only taco on. Uh, that's only if they're running a taco special. Taco <laughs> Apocalypse, and that's coming up right after the break, right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: It's time for more sarcasm, more gloating, more pop culture BS and ridiculous video game chat as GamerCast returns for Season 2. My name is Rob McCallum and this year, once again, I'm joined by Mr. Glenn Stanway and my lifelong friend Jay Bartlett. This year, the show moves to a slightly different format, favoring a more unedited adventure that lets us include more topics as we get together once a month to vent and celebrate everything going on in the gaming industry today and yesteryear. So if you like the idea of arguing with us, though we'll never be able to hear you, then you definitely want to check out GamerCast. Season 2 is really going to take it up a notch. That's GamerCast here on the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos, on iTunes, and on Podbean.
4: Welcome to Topic Ocalypse where four, sometimes more, educated and/or opinionated people gather around a table to discuss random topics for your amusement. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm gathered. am uh, joined here today by Jake, Jasmine, JB, and the usual suspects, Daniel and Eddie. All right, who wants to kick us off here? No, I want to go first. i did. I went first last time. Yeah, I no. got, ki- got you kicked off, off the YouTube. Mister, right, Post. all right, all right. I'll, I'll go. So last night I saw Wonder Woman.
2: Wonder Woman.
5: And
4: I I didn't like it as much as everyone said that I should like it. Well, and So racist. I went on Facebook and I said I shouldn't have gone on Facebook, but I couldn't help myself. I this said number one. I thought yeah. I, I said Wonder Woman. I'm, this might make me unpopular, but I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Wonder Woman, and everyone started attacking me like it was this like I had emotionally wounded them. The like, funny
2: the funny thing is I saw you post that last night, and I'm like.
4: Man, he's not going to have a good night.
2: Went past... It. I woke up the next morning. It was like 40 comments. There oh, was <laughs> so
5: much on there. And they were like...
4: It, it's like I had offended them on an emotional level. Like, it, because I didn't like the movie. And they thought it was like the greatest thing ever. So, I guess my topic is... Why do we have to be right all the time? Like, why, why am I... We've reached this weird point in society where we're not allowed to have opinions. Like, if they differ from somebody else's, we are we're basically wrong. Like, we can't get along with people, we can't, uh, you know, we, we have spontaneous knowledge on everything, and we just don't want other people to be right, because we don't want to be proven wrong. So, why do you guys think that is?
2: Well, Josh, you must first bring down what is actually
4: the right and what's right. wrong.
2: <laughs> what one person's right is another person's wrong. Mm-hmm. It seems like It seems like that no matter where you go, no matter what the topic is, whether it be movies to politics, it's... You know, you could tell me, oh, this is what I believe, and I'll have to sit there and hound you until you get on my level because
5: you could even we, agree with someone and you'll still be wrong with them. Yeah.
2: But why, though? Like, I feel I, like that's I, a pride I, issue. It's, it's a pride issue, is, and it's an it's, emotional thing. Especially in the last couple of
6: years, I've seen it, that the court of public opinion vastly trumps any other court in the land.
2: At yeah. least these days, like, if someone is deemed... What's that? You said Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: this is this is well, uh, this is a deleted episode. Sorry, I have to bleep that out. <laughs>
2: so like that's kind of what I'm talking about. If you mention Trump right there, I didn't even say he's right or wrong, all of a sudden somebody at the table's a
5: racist. But <laughs> <laughs> I think but I think that comes from TV.
2: I mean, look at any presidential debate, any political debate, any kind of debate. Um, it's all about attacking that person, no matter what their belief is, is whether you th- you agree with them or not. Have you ever noticed when you're watching a political debate? Even though they somewhat agree with them, they still attack them because that's how you win. That's that's how we see it publicized, whether you're on Facebook or whether
4: you're watching TV. But why? Why do? What do we win though? What What do we win besides like? Yeah, I'm better than that guy. I gonna compete. I think
2: I think it's taught to us. I think I think that's how it, ta- it is taught to us. I mean. The average person doesn't grow up being like, I'm not born a racist. I'm not born, um, you know, hateful. It's just something that we see and we learn and we pick up. And the way, like, look at what some of these kids are watching nowadays. I mean, you could turn on the TV. You could turn on – I could turn my back to my nine-year-old. I'll come in and he'll have a YouTube video where every other word is a cuss word. And he'll start picking that up and he starts using it at school because he's starting to hear that. That sounds normal to him in the outside world because – at this point in his life, he doesn't know
3: any better. That's topic apocalypse available today on all Human media outlets.
0: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do do people still use dials? Don't be alarmed. The quasi shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Check it
3: out every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos show. My name is Joe Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today, and thanks so much for being, you know, here and then also on our Friday show, the PCC Multiverse as well. Josh, I know you've been keeping an eye, kind of, uh, being our comic book expert on what's going on with the the Captain America Hydra saga, known as the Secret Empire. Now that's kind of maturing into even more realms. Then I know you've also heard uh, and seen the announcement of the new Marvel Legacy program, as far as it's concerned, as well with with a lot of being revisited, almost like what DC did last year with its Rebirth program. So I ask you, Josh, you, I know you got wind of the the Marvel Legacy program, as far as you know, the, it being returning with a whole new reboot of a, of you know, a lot of major series and whatnot. So what are your thoughts on, on that program coming back? Is it just a copy of what DC's doing with Rebirth? Yeah, in a
4: way, but it's, they're kind of, they're going, they're not just like going back to the beginning. They're going like way back to the beginning. So they want to go back and explore like a lot of these origin stories again. But it's, to me, I've, I'm getting burnt out on this whole like relaunch thing. I think that Marvel needs to, just if they're going to do something like this they need to create something new like don't go and explore or- explore origins we already know give us some new villains give us some new stories like if you're going to relaunch these heroes relaunch them with new with with new tales don't keep telling us the same thing over and over again because though it makes it easier to fall cuz marvel's numbers are just a complete complete cluster like it's such a mess right now and if you want to get fans on board like Bring something new to the table. Give us, give new fans and old fans something to look forward to. It's kind of like how I'm talking about with with Spider Man. Like we keep having even Miles Morales is fighting Spider uh, Peter Parker's old villains. It's, it's just it's such a headache and it's so hard to follow because you have one Spider Man series and another because it, we're it's not going to just stick with legacy. I guarantee it's going to branch out into all kinds of things. And they still have the original numbers running, and there's just there's far too much because I was really into the ultimate Marvel timeline and they ended it. So I just, I feel like I can't trust Marvel anymore. I don't know as far as comic book goes, I still read them, but I don't, I don't follow them intently just because I don't want to get into something that's going to end, you know, in the future.
3: And, and I know you, you expressed and voiced your disdain for the secret empire saga that's going on right now. That's being, whether it's not closing out or expanding even further to something else, which I think it's going to be leading into. And the you know it's up in the air whether or not Captain America is going to be actually redeemed 100% in the storyline or even in the fans' eyes. So I'm, I'm going to ask you, Josh, point blank, do you think it's something that, that Captain America can actually be redeemed once again in the eyes of the fans or... Is this something that that really just long-term has has done so much damage from this Secret Empire storyline that that Captain America may actually be something that that you can never bank on or that Marvel can never bank on being a really popular series ever again? Well,
4: Captain America has always been one of those more stagnant series. His his villains aren't as, um, I guess, mystical or outrageous or Uh, Even as exciting as a lot of them, you have like the Red Skull and there's a a few others. You have the the sleeper and it's, he's never really had villains that were uh, that exciting. Captain America as a hero is just not, he's not that exciting. Like he's fun to watch in the Avengers and you know, the Winter Soldier is a fantastic movie, but it's just, he's, you don't get a lot of the spectacle that you get from other comic books. And I, I think as, as far as I haven't checked in on it for a while, but last I heard it was the ultimate Steve Rogers showed up in these comic books somewhere or that was the theory, so I don't know Yeah,
3: there's there's a Steve, old Steve Rogers older Steve Rogers in a in in another universe uh, Or something happened where where it was split up. I guess and there's an older Steve Rogers that is still good That uh, is coming into play as far as concerned towards the secret empire hopefully with the the ultimate battle between steve rogers coming into fray but this series has has left a bad taste in a lot of comic book fans mouths uh, i don't know what to say as far as that you know you being a, a, a harder edge a hardcore comic book fan i mean this is something that you voiced your opinion against uh, way back when and i i don't it's, know it's, will, it's will, lazy it...
4: it's lazy to me it's like i look at the these like these universes clashing together i look at it the same way i view time travel and comic books i just it's lazy storytelling like we don't you, you just say hey there's a time loop that's what explains this or hey this universe was drifting into this one and then the, all the Thor started fighting each other like the, i did not like that that was not my it, it just felt really lazy enforcement or like the cosmic
3: cube needed- being something that that's totally going to change uh, the history for hydra and whatnot
4: yeah, it's I don't. It's just it's really lazy because they they want a story, they want a big event, they want a spectacle. So they just kind of, it's to me it's like um the Kingdom Hearts the the video games they have. They think they they, they pretty the writers think that they can fix anything with a, a line of dialogue. People are like, okay, well, that makes sense to me. So it's just it's one of those things where Marvel has so many properties open, so many things going on that they. And they don't know what to do with them and that's like that's what brought the you the ultimate universe to an end that and bad sales but they just they they have all this stuff happening and they don't know what to do with them so it's it that's a problem in itself and that's what i'm worried about with legacy also continuing that tradition
3: well definitely i, I can't agree with you more on that because I, I know that that i stopped reading the secret empire after number two because i just thought this was not going in the direction i really wanted it to go and kind of disappointed to see that it was more of a statement around our political times that we have now than more than i wanted to when i wanted to read a comic book to escape from really what's going on in in our current news and political environment today so it really seemed to mirror it too much for my taste so that's why i bailed out really early in the in the program but i'm all I don't know. I just think it's going to take a while for people to warm up to Captain America again in the comic book scene. And I sure hope to all that is that is intelligent and holy out there that they will not do this same thing for the movie universe because if they make Captain uh, Steve Rogers and Captain America bad or part of Hydra, I just think that's really just would be a just a, a a a lame move indeed. So it's just something I'm hoping will not happen and I'm hoping it will, will be alleviated. But I don't see fans warming up to Captain America anytime soon as far as the comic books are concerned. What are your thoughts on both the Marvel Legacy program and also as well the Secret Empire and where it's headed to? And do you think Captain America will get true redemption in your eyes? Tell us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, plus also as well, Humanic Media, Game Source, and Pop Culture cosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well.
4: Hi, this is Josh from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
3: For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and source I'm here along with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanity Media. It's Josh Peterson. Just want to make sure everybody knows we've got a Friday show, the PCC Multiverse, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the podcast radio network, plus also over a dozen streaming and downloadable options and if you do decide to download it or stream it on any one of those options we try to throw in a bonus podcast just for listening well josh uh, i know the nhl draft just just finished the other day and i thought we'd uh, enlighten fans that are hockey fans out there on what's going on in the hockey world so josh you were able to get wind of of some of the stuff that was going on in the NHL draft, plus also as well the expansion draft with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I happened to stop by there the other day during it, so there was uh, some quite interesting stuff going on there indeed. But tell us your thoughts on the NHL draft, some of the winners and losers, and, and what you think was really going down in the NHL draft.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of these guys that got picked up, you know, they're going to end up playing in the minors for a bit. So it's not, you know, it's hard to really tell. Uh, the, a, according to statistics, the statistics Vegas night got a lot of the Vegas night. They, they did well. They got a pretty solid team. I know they, the, as far as like who they were taking from other people, it could have been a lot worse. Um,
3: well that's yeah, what happens when it comes to expansion drafts and in a lot of major sports. I'm, I'm more familiar with the NBA expansion drafts from the past, and I know that, that they what, what those teams usually got wasn't really quality in return. But the idea that the NHL tries to bring, in this case, from what I was observing, was they truly want the Las Vegas Golden Knights, to, I don't want to say be competitive right off the bat, but to, to not be a joke or not to try and get a record of, of losses right out of the gate, Correct.
4: Yeah, correct, and they're they're gonna do okay. I'm I'm pretty sure because I they got a pretty. Solid, I'm looking at their roster right now. I mean, they plus they also s-
3: made some trades for some future draft picks, which I thought was really smart as far as building for the future because they know they're not going to win really right away. They do need to build a solid foundation for the future going forward.
4: Yeah, right, and it, like I said, I mean they they've got. I'm looking at their players right now. They they got a pretty solid lineup, but it's the uh, the players that a lot of the teams, like uh, the Detroit Red Wings, put up to for trade, and the LA even the LA Kings, like that. That confuses me because it's the the thing is well, like some this, of it was
3: based off of age and salaries, correct?
4: Yeah, correct. But it's I don't know. I, I've never been a fan of the salary cap stuff, but it, it's like they. The problem with with expansion drafts is this: it's the fact that they have they put all these players up, and the uh, the ones that they decide to keep, and then they the ones that they put up for for sale, if you will, and that don't get picked for these teams, they end up going back and playing for the teams they're already on if they don't get traded to another team. But they they operate under this mentality where they're like, oh, hey, the ownership or coaches they don't they don't like us, especially you have. You have the case with the LA Kings is that there's a completely new ownership, and they, a lot of these players are gonna feel under underappreciated. For example, you have uh, you have Kyle Clifford, who who is kind of like George Perros. Like once he once he's traded, if he's ever traded from the LA Kings, or uh, he, he's probably gonna that's gonna be the end of his career. Like he's gonna probably retire soon after. It's just one of those stories where you underappreciate a player and they're not going to perform as well for you. So I know like the Kings kept Jake Muzzin and, uh, Jeff Carter, like, of course they, they do that, but it's, I, I'm curious to see a lot of like what the aftermath of this, uh, of this draft. So it's going to be, and I feel like they, they're probably going to add one more team just to even things out. If not sometime in the next four or five seasons, maybe, but, uh, you know, the Red Wings are falling apart. A lot of the teams, like the the Rangers, a lot of the teams that were on top of the standings all these years ago have are slowly just having their uh, their statistics avalanche. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where this goes.
3: Well, I noticed, you know, after doing a lot of research and, and taking a look at, at what's going on as far as the draft is concerned, I know one of the teams that surprised me as far as doing very well was a team that was, just in the NHL finals and the Stanley Cup finals, that was the Nashville Predators. And and I'll tell you what, the city's already gone gaga over the Nashville Predators after, after the way they did, and just so exciting to see their their enthusiasm in regards to the team. But they made some real, real nice choices and, and draft picks that will help build for their future. So it's that a case of the rich getting richer and making those picks, in, even though they don't have the the upfront picks that maybe a, a team with a lesser record might have.
4: Think about it this way: so the the Predators they're they're at the cusp of victory, so their their team is fine how it is. So I don't I don't I don't see any need for them to sacrifice draft picks or whatever they need to do. But a lot of their players are locked in for the for the meantime, so there's not really any need to play the trade game or whatever you want to call it. It's just their, their team is pretty solid right now. And this, if this team that they have this se- this past season was able to get as far as they were, then who's, who knows what's where they'll be next season. They're, they're a young team and they've got plenty of skill. There's a lot of years left on uh, their, their mate their core team has a lot, you know, their contracts are locked in for a couple more seasons at least. And they're, uh, they don't really need to uh, get rid of a lot of players. I think they're doing okay.
3: Well, that's uh, some great opinions and great insight and analysis indeed from Josh. Uh, if you have your thoughts on the NHL draft and also the expansion draft and what the outlook is like for either yours or maybe even uh, uh, you know another favorite of yours, NHL team, please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. And you'll be hearing more stuff, not only as far as the sports realm is concerned, you'll be hearing more sports talk, not only here in the future on Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse, but on our brand new show coming soon from Inside Sports. They're going to be doing a weekly podcast coming up very soon, talking about NHL, NFL, NBA and a whole lot more. We're looking forward to being a part of it as well. I know our good friend Charles Smith is just going to be uh, hosting the show and doing a great job, as he always does, getting the latest interviews as well. I know you guys got, I got a ton of interviews from not on the NHL All star game, but last week at the NHL awards banquets here in Vegas. So that's some great stuff indeed that you're going to be mixing in there. Plus also the latest insights from from his various co-hosts and also some interviews from us as well. So that's coming up from Inside Sports. Definitely looking forward to being a part of it and then also as well, hoping that you will give it a chance once it comes out here in the month of July.
4: This is Travis from Ghost Coasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture
3: Cosmos podcast. Hey, everyone. Check out what happened recently on the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse. And we're back live at E3 2017. My name is Joe Glasker once again with Pop Culture Cosmos. It is my unique pleasure to have on one of the creators of Mixer.
2: So Mixer is an interactive streaming platform that lets viewers control the gameplay. If you're a streamer and you're building community, you can have a real conversation back and forth extremely quickly. People that have never streamed before even watch streams. So there's a new audience there, especially on console where maybe they haven't, you know, they've never participated in streams before. They're now all doing this on Mixer.
3: For the latest interviews, opinions, reviews, and analysis on everything pop culture, check out the Pop Culture Cosmos Show, Mondays, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 PM Pacific, and the PCC Multiverse, Fridays, 7.00 PM Eastern, 4.00 PM Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. Or subscribe today on over a dozen streaming and downloading options.
0: Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
3: And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos show right here on the Podcast Radio Network and all of our streaming and downloading outlets my name is Gerald Gosper from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanity Media. It's Josh Peterson. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And before we go into our last topic, Josh, you've just got the RIG 600 headphones from Plantronics. Can you tell me your thoughts on the pluses, the minuses, and, and the overall quality of the actual headset that you're using right now?
4: Yeah, I like it, but you know, and it's it it fits to my head well, and it's the, the microphone picks up well. At least I think it does. I've been talking to you, know, I can't hear myself. But my only complaint is that I wish the ear pieces were bigger because if you have ears that are bigger than mine, like mine are already like creeping in on the edges, but if your ears were bigger than mine, these would be really uncomfortable. So it's uh and it's hard to wear them with glasses because you have the, uh, the, the padding comes up so high. So it's, you know, with those minor minor complaints, I, I really like this headset. It's, I mean, I, I don't have a lot to compare it to. I have these junky old ones. Yeah, um, I, I dig it so far. It's comfortable. It's, uh, you know, it's flexible. It can probably fit a bigger head than mine too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it so far.
3: Definitely. That's awesome to hear indeed about the Plantronics Rig 600 headphones. Uh, as far as more thoughts on it, stay tuned to popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. We'll provide uh, thoughts on that, plus other plantronic headsets as well. You can check that site out for the latest reviews on that, plus a whole lot more thoughts from Josh, opinions from Josh, uh, also reviews from me and opinions also from from myself and and also Michelle Levis and also Diana Tierney as well. So take a look for that, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So Josh, I know this is actually going to be an interesting week for the movies, and we'll talk more about it on our PCC Multiverse show, I know, by the time the week's out. But I want to ask you your thoughts, not on The House not on despicable me 3 but i want to talk to you a little bit about the well the movie coming out directed by edgar wright who was you know was at some point in time going to be the director of the movie ant-man which i think most people are familiar with but ultimately ended up bailing out of the project for creative differences which goes back to what we were talking about earlier but i want to ask you your thoughts on baby driver Featuring Jamie Foxx, also as, as well as uh, John Hamm and and a whole bunch more. It looks like it's going to be a, a really really fun time at the movie theaters. It's getting really really solid reviews already. So I want to hear your thoughts. Could Baby Driver be the sleeper hit of the summer movie season?
4: Yes, I've already re- I, I've been reading the reviews. They're really good. I'm going to go see it on this Friday. But
3: it opens up Wednesday. Just not telling everybody out there, it opens yeah. up Wednesday in it opens theaters. Up but- Wednesday. Yes.
4: Um. But yeah. I don't, the, like you know, like we were mentioning earlier, I think that original blockbusters are something we haven't seen in a long time, and I think Baby Driver it could be it. It could quite possibly be the most important movie of the summer, as far as whether or not people are going to keep pumping money, or going to studios are going to bother making these block, original blockbusters as opposed to just adding on to franchises and you know it's tra- transformers is a perfect example of that it's kind of not doing so hot
3: right now here so, but um, it is doing it it did its biggest uh, um, opening ever in china so he, that's, that's, that's
4: yeah that. but eventually we people are going to have to start trying to get there there's a market for american film goers we they just need to figure out what it is outside superhero movies but I think Baby Driver could be a very important film in that aspect because we as a society like we want something that's new, we want something that's relevant, I think that Baby Driver, there's a lot of love for Edgar Wright out there, a lot of fans of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, that world's in those films, but um, you know Baby Driver is extremely important because it's not franchise based and it's something that costs a lot of money to make and. It's got a lot of big name actors in it, but it's not related to anything. And it's a small, a lower level director creating it. So it's, it's, it's exciting. This is the first time we've seen something like this in a long time.
3: Well, definitely very stylistic, definitely very uh, interesting to watch already, even from the trailers are concerned. So it's definitely something that a lot of people have their eye on and, and the great reviews are helping it even further kick up that buzz another notch. Seems to me a lot like what happened with Wonder Woman earlier this month and and how it's got a lot of buzz, good reviews, and that's just helped it going forward. And in a a summer movie season, which, quite frankly, on the PCC Multiverse, we called one of the worst, if not worst, in quite some time, with a lot of movies that have just underperformed with audiences, either on a critical or monetary basis, this is going to be a nice fresh change of pace and definitely something interesting to watch as far as the concept is concerned and it's not just going to be another lame bank robbery movie so definitely looking forward to it indeed uh any last thoughts on baby driver before we head on out
4: no i mean i i haven't seen it yet so I, i don't want to like talk a lot about what i'm expecting it to be because that's going to set expectations and that never works out well for me but yeah i'm going to go see it on friday so we can talk about it after that and i'll let you know what i think of it
3: fair enough indeed so that's going to be uh, uh something to look forward to because we think baby driver really has a lot of strong buzz and it could really end up being one of the biggest surprises and biggest hits of the summer movie season what are your thoughts on baby driver share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com plus also as well pop culture cosmos humanity media and game source on facebook and twitter as well So, for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in paradise, here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.
1: Tangent Bound Network.
6: Let your voice be heard.
4: TangentBoundNetwork.com.
6: Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness than the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the
5: Pop Culture Cosmos.
3: Hey everyone, venture into the Pop Culture Cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the Cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
4: Welcome to Topic Ocalypse where four sometimes more educated and or opinionated people gather around a table to discuss random topics for your amusement. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm, gathered, I'm joined here today by Jake, Jasmine, JB, and the usual suspects, Daniel and Eddie.
5: JB, what do you got for us,
6: man? Um, the topic of general like where we judged like generations based on like millennials, baby boomers, uh, and now Gen X coming up. And I was reading an article. It was actually a BuzzFeed thing going down and blaming millennials for ruining companies and making companies go out of business. And one of the things I saw was that it was a millennial's fault that bar soap sales were declining because we don't use bar soap. We use liquid soap. And I thought that's ridiculous because I don't even buy soap. My mom does. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bar soap, <laughs> but bar soap. Well,
5: then if you're not using bar soap, then therefore you're also – Fought for the decline of washcloths and the rise in loofahs. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you! I know, dude. Well, that's weird. Like I find nothing
4: right but bar soaps. So, so I so mean, I don't shower as a problem. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there
5: it is. You, so, you're <laughs> the reason. Huh? Yeah, that's yeah. Good.
6: <laughs> um, but I think just looking at like that, where it's like I was having a discussion with my friend today and talk just talking about how. It's all like the millennials fall and then millennials like to put it back on baby boomers. And now um, we have this new um, generation which your kids are in. It's Gen whatever, Gen X or Gen Y, Y, whatever they call it. Right right there. I think that's a bad thing because after you get to Gen Z, someone's going to feel left out. See, I thought
5: thought (laughs) thought it went Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, then millennials. So I'm just completely confused. I am too. But I'm just like everyone likes to blame everyone for
6: something. And I think like we have these fidget spinners now where it's like, this is like, I didn't even know about it. I'm a millennial and I'm like, what is this? And it's like these, all these kids are playing with it in school. And it's like, when we were in school, it's like, if you were told to put something away, it's like, you just put it away. We're now, I was talking earlier about a podcast that I heard and um, the, the they were interviewing a teacher about how kids are now being prescribed these from doctors to use them in class. And I'm like... Are we really like that weak that we have to let our kids take these things to school because they can't manage their ADD? Well, Let's- yes,
5: because you're also, those are also the same parents that blame the teachers for the kids getting a D when the kid isn't doing ah. the work. So now it's the point where I have a bunch of friends, you know, all my old teachers are, are high school football coaches. They're still teachers, and they get called into the principal's office for "quote unquote" bullying a kid mm-hmm. for saying you're screwing up, you're messing up your life by not doing the homework and not paying attention. The parents come in, go to the school board. Mm-hmm. Now a teacher gets suspended for two months because he's now "quote unquote" a bully. He offended. Trying himself. to.
2: Well, I think I think that goes teach. with. I think that goes with. Uh, if you look at parents nowadays, a lot of them are. know there's no stay-at-home parents it's they're both working when they come home they don't want to hear oh you know my son's not doing well because it's on it's his fault it's no it has to be someone else like i I fight with my wife on this all the time is you have to accept that our son is not einstein like i love my son to death but he's just your normal average kid he's not don't listen to this kid science whiz so when when, you you
4: want to abram
2: you're a genius abram we love you at least it was it was a shocker in in kindergarten uh the we sat down with the school board, and they're like, oh, hey, this is what Abram needs to work on. He's struggling with this. And we're like, okay, well, what do we do? Do you guys have any recommendations? The entire staff just kind of looked at us like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, what's what's the problem? And this is Garden Grove Unified School District. Like, well, a lot of the parents, they'll come in here, and they'll fight us. They'll say it's our fault. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, well, there's 33 kids in the class. You're not paying enough attention to him. It's like I came in. I'm like, hey, I know you, know, you have to be willing to work with – people that are you know professionals and i think a lot of people can't do that because you don't want to hear you're you're not doing well i mean that's the same if you went to college and you're like yeah i got this exam i got it and you bomb it well you look for the reason why you bombed it It can't be that you weren't ready you weren't smart enough because we can't accept that Mm -hmm. and i think that goes with kids nowadays
4: too it's true no parents don't want to uh well it's, it's the same thing with like parents who don't want to admit that their kids are autistic like it's I know that's a, that's another bag of cats right there. But well,
2: then there's there's the reverse spectrum too. There's parents that are like f- trying to force someone to to label their kid autistic because they want to be that 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 mom that loves her her special mom. needs kid. It really isn't
4: special needs. Just that kid's so just a so jerk. we so selfish. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. It's a, another thing, like too, with the the learning disabilities. We say like my kid has ADD. My kid has you know disabilities. He can't focus or whatever. But, like, you look back and, like, you know, back when, like, my parents or your parents were growing up, is like, it was just a kid who had too much energy. It wasn't, there wasn't really a learning disability there. It was just a, so we're, we're also at the point where we start making excuses for people, too, like, and
5: that's another problem. And that itself. goes back so, to J.B.'s point. It's, like, okay, well... Bar soap being, you know, it's not being sold. Okay, well now, whose fault is it then? Mm-hmm. It's not that people are, you know, adapting or changing the way they like like things. Like, there's people that still love bar soap. They love Irish Spring because it floats. Uh, you know, what I mean, it's just. But you're just gonna blame someone else because, like, I'm I'm Ivory. You're not buying my bar soap. It's your fault, Josh, because you want to use liquid soap, even though you're still buying my brand of soap. It's not the bar kind. To where I make more money off the bar kind than the liquid. Clogs your pores. That too. But you know what I mean. So you're just trying to find someone to blame. So you know, millennials are blaming the baby boomers because we don't have enough whatever it is. Or it's funny though because each generation has like
4: screwed over the generation that comes after them. And we're like we, you know, the
5: The
4: older generation wants to blame us for stuff. We want to blame them for stuff. And it's like it's nobody's really taking account of like responsibility for any of it.
5: Yeah, duh. <laughs>
2: You're not gonna have someone walk up, yeah, it was our generation. Because that goes back to your a point as of to who's wrong and who's right.
5: Yeah. No one wants to be oh, wrong. Everyone no has to be right. Wow, what it's a dirty circular. Look at that way to bring it together, wow. JB. That sounds JB. like an opinion and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think your opinion's wrong, sir.
4: Oh like, I gotta tweet this. Yeah. I gotta
2: tweet this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in my Prius and drive home. <laughs> you really have a no, no. My no. wife does. <laughs> no. It's like no, I drive a Ford F four fifty. The third ten thousand, <laughs> F ten thousand. I had a RAM till it got the Hemi Tick and it was just time for it to go. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. And then I bought a Kia Optima. I had it for like four no. I drove it for five days and it was an engine recall, so they had to put a new engine in it. Oh. I have like you the are month. the kiss of death with
4: motors there, bud you have the keys? So I
5: Wait, can you touch your car quick. It's not my room. car, it's a company car, so go for
2: my
4: it. Do you something to do yeah, I yeah. think from a tricycle to a dirt bike.
2: Well, you know,
5: the other I, wouldn't it, I wouldn't call it a call it a tricycle, but, you know. Let's try that. And you're Mr. Mopar. Your whole family's Mopar. You just call the Dodge a Mopar. tricycle. Mopar, no car. That's what my dad says. He Move said, he, if I ever bought a Japanese car, I couldn't park in front of them. Move over, people are
4: racing.
2: Excuse me, he doesn't own a Dodge. He owns an SRT
4: veteran? No, he's just a big dodge guy. Okay. You can't, you can't go wrong with dodge. What's wrong? You can't go wrong with dodge. Wrong? You, can't wrong with dodge. Wrong? you
2: can't dodge a grandma.
4: Alright, well, that was JB's topic.
6: that to us people that can feel things it it, uh, it hurts